So welcome back to the Line Between Upper Desi podcast with Elisa and Kitki. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It feels like we're now getting better at doing the little intro. intro. <laughs> we're like two little, what did we say? Tweedledum, 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 tweedledum in our friends. Welcome back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. today we're tackling a big one. Big one. Big, big topic. Something that we've kind of touched on. Uh-huh. Our very first, very very first video video podcast. So if you've been here from then, then you'll know you're an OG. Then you know. Then you'll we'll you get a T-shirt know. one day. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll really know what we're talking about. But yeah. I mean, it's not going to be as traumatic as our second episode on eldest daughter trauma and all of that. Yeah. we're really not getting into that stuff. But would it be like us talking about um, life as a <laughs> you know twenty something? living in different cultures different countries without us really getting like that's just a this is just Mm -hmm. our mo at this point exactly exactly so what are we talking about so today we're going to talk about friendships as a whole we're going to talk about you know friendships that we're making in our 20s friendships friendship experiences we've had in our childhood um and and you and i have both grown up in predominantly white spaces for a good i mean for me it was a good eight to ten years of my life and then after me so long yeah (laughs) but also we've grown up in like kind of third culture yes um because if we haven't if you don't know by now (laughs) from just hearing us yes um i grew up in america yeah loads of different states Mm -hmm. and then when i moved to the uk i also lived in a very um kind of suburban suburban conservative very very british town yeah um which yeah, a lot of these experiences, and in you as well, where have you grown up? I, I, I mean, I grew up most, I grew up in lots of different countries, but, too. <laughs> but like the big ones, the big three is like, um, I mostly grew up in Hong Kong and in Bahrain. Uh, but the one my school in Hong Kong was, I would say, predominantly white, European. Yeah, of that course. kind of stuff. It was kind like, of like ex, expats. Ex, expats, expats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's predominantly, I mean, it's not to say that there weren't South Asian uh, people in my school, but it was a very, very small population yeah. in my year specifically, even on top of that. Yeah. So note that like a lot of what we are talking about is from throughout. our own experience. Yeah. Very, very specific to our own experience. So if some some of you guys can relate, then great. Amazing. <laughs> we can all be part of this little trauma bonding yeah. session together. If you can't, then you can just, I don't know. Yeah, but there's so, so much. And you don't have to listen, put us on mute and just stay to the end. So yeah, yeah. we get the runtime. <laughs> What's the runtime? We can get the runtime. And specifically, today's episode is on friendships with women. We want to talk about female friendships. Female friendships specifically. Yeah. Because they're so complex yes. and, and multifaceted, as are the women as in are them. The women in our lives. Like women, femmes. And just specifically, I mean, this goes for friendship with anyone. Really. Yeah. But we want to talk about specifically girls and women and like people in our childhood. Yes. Because that really impacts our perception of growing up and yeah. how we see ourselves self-image mm-hmm. body image mm-hmm. yeah that comes from that comes from women i hate to be i mean it is influenced by the patriarchy yes. men yes but so much of it comes from our mothers and sisters and mm-hmm. and girl girlies and the girlies yeah. i mean the friendships that women and girls and femmes and everyone even just even outside of that whatever you identify as and if that friendship that you're forming is deep and emotional the way that women tend to form the friendships as it has a significantly deeper impact on you whether it's a positive relationship or a negative relationship than it would be in any other kind of 
kind of dynamic. I agree. And I think the the years that we might be looking at, Mm -hmm. um, specifically like those early tween teenage years, a lot of friendships seem like really instructional Mm -hmm. where, and by instructional, instructional, I mean that how the other person is kind of teaches us how to perceive ourselves and how to approach the world. Because I can literally count so many times where like my friends in those years, Mm -hmm. the way they would talk about a certain i don't know pop culture thing or like the hobbies that they had that's something we're going to talk about that influences us so much that it's almost giving us a sort of manual Mm -hmm. that we pick and choose from multiple friends how are we growing up and how are we going through the world 100 percent. i mean i can definitely relate from my own experiences is that i really struggled to relate to other people because my experiences and just how i was navigating the world as a south asian girl it was very different to my white counterparts and my white peers and the girls in my year that I was friends with. It was very, very different. And the way that I was perceived by my peers was also very, very different. And I've, met, I, I've mentioned this before in one of our first episodes, I think. And it was that when you are, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this from my own experiences and this is how I'm, uh, I've kind of intellectualized it almost in my head. But I feel like when you are a South Asian woman or South Asian girl and you're growing up and when you're that age, so much of your desirability and your worth is dictated by your femininity and your perceived femininity. If you don't fit that bill into perceived f- femininity, nobody will see you as a girl. Not yeah. a single person is going to see you as a girl. And I experienced that to such an intense level. I remember in primary school, in the beginning of secondary school. I don't think I was perceived as a girl from the ages of eight to, I want to say, 14. I don't think I was really perceived as a girl. And because you didn't equate a lot of that perception Mm -hmm. in the lens of like desirability, attractiveness, because again, beauty. Exactly. Femininity generally is dictated by European beauty standards. And I was never in a million years going to fit European beauty standards. That's just the way that the world works. I was never going to fit that. So I think my reaction to that was to just outright reject femininity. And I started to adopt masculine characteristics and masculine, well, stereotypically masculine characteristics and stereotypically masculine interests, like addressing myself and classifying myself as a tomboy. I was on a tomboy. Which we've all gone through. We've all gone through that kind of pick-me phase, rejecting yeah. femininity. But for me, it was like, I am, I'm like one of the dudes. because, And it wasn't, it wasn't because, one, one, yes, obviously I wanted to be picked, like we all did. But, but for me, it was one of those things that like, I was just so tired of being made to feel like I wasn't a girl. So I was like, if you're not going to treat me like a girl, then fine. I'm just not going to act like one. Yeah. and But in a way, at least that's like you f- figuring out how to have some agency. Yeah. Because if you couldn't have it in like being attractive or mm. being attractive quotation. Yes. At that or age. Or at the bare minimum being seen as pretty. Yeah. Being like seen 12, like you. You want to look cute. You want to be thought of as pretty. Nobody was calling like, how, how can I, uh, you know draw attention to myself yes. in in different ways and that's like sports yeah dressing a certain way being funny mm-hmm. because my, i want to add to that like how many times is it that when you have a person of color yes as a friend to usually and i'm not just talking about movies this happens in real life that you have you know your peers who are the beauty standard or they align more to the country that you're living in so 
you know, mm-hmm. they basically fit the bill. Yeah. You get cost. And I know it's like the whole token side character. Yeah. But you are a side character. Yeah. And it's such a weird, humiliating feeling to feel that in your own life, mm-hmm. um, much less see it on a TV show where you're like forced to be the funny one or the quirky one or yeah. the or the intelligent one because how many south asian girls well, did that happen to you where you were were you always yeah. the funny best friend in comparison yeah. to your white best friend? exactly or or so many south asian girls that i know like who leaned into that um like school thing mm-hmm. because that's something you can control yeah because that so many yeah. times and i want to stress it wasn't us feeling a lack of that worth mm-hmm. it is a hundred percent taught and it is a hundred percent absorbed yes by the associations of the people around us and seeing how i mean we're talking in a very heteronormative way yes, yes. how boys were perceiving girls because and- again that is how femininity femininity and your worth at that age is validated is by boys think that you're pretty and per- girls will only think that you're pretty if the boys think that you're yeah, pretty even did you ever have this in your school where girls would also rank other girls yeah which is yes girl that was that was a lot oh my god like you would do a whole tier list for girls and you you know where you are in you that. are at the bottom of i was like i don't need a maths chart you to are. tell me where i am I this. Know I'm at the bottom of the list yeah I'd be like oh because you have a uh, mustache hair I'm like really really that's, that's what because now I think back I'm okay. like obviously we we can be sympathetic <laughs> to the stupidity that yeah. like kids are and like yeah you can't blame that yeah but sometimes I think back and I'm like it, was it just because of a unibrow that you're really saying that like we are not mm-hmm. your beauty standard what well it is it is sadly <sighs> it's just one of those things I mean I don't know I just I remember this feeling of just being, I'm just feeling trapped in this role. That's what I remember. Yeah. Because at my core, I am not a tomboy. I don't. We're Yasley girl. <laughs> I like girly things. I always have. And I just found myself being shoved into this role of being that funny best friend. The way that I worked so hard at my personality for years Year, this is years of construction years of construction i had to really build my personality from the ground up because no one was looking at me and saying that you are a pretty girl because I because i was surrounded by the european beauty standards yeah but on the one hand i do have to say the one thing i'm so grateful for during that experience was actually my mom and we give a big, big shout out to my mom. Yes. Because my mom, I it was such a like foundational, like pivotal moment for me at the age of 13, I remember. She sat me down at the age of 13. And that was the age that all of like my my best friends and my like girls were all like getting boyfriends at that age. Yeah. And they're like puberty age. Puberty age, they were all getting boyfriends. And I would like, you know, my mom would hear about it because I would come home and I just, you know, mention it that like, oh, so and so, like Bestie's gotten a boyfriend. And my mom had sat me down and she had this whole conversation with me and she told me that your worth is not dictated by whether or not men like you. She had a whole conversation with me and she was like, I don't want you to go through life thinking that you're worth less because the boys around you are not looking at you the same way they're looking at your friends. And that conversation was so pivotal for me and it stuck in my head until I graduated high school. Like yeah, it because stayed with me. Those sentiments, the more, even if though we're maturing, mm-hmm. it's really hard to ignore that like, those emotions that's what i mean i'm just so so grateful for my mom and i think that also helped me to not build resentment later on with my white with my white friends and any other friends i had later on in life 
because I think that was the danger that was happening at that age is that when you're at that when you're at that preteen kind of age you're so desperate to want it to be liked you just want to be liked and your only way to be liked at that age I feel like is whether or not if boys like you yeah if boys don't like you then you're like in a you're in a mess no one is going to be looking it's rough I I mean I I could see it in my own eyes I remember that like the girls that the boys didn't like and would consistently make fun of were the girls who didn't have a lot of friends and weren't invited to a lot of things and were just particularly like it's so binary it's like oh popular cool invited yes it Uh, was that pretty not pretty not exactly so that's what i mean that's why i adopted all those characteristics because again that would mean like i have a role for myself that maybe these boys would like and i wouldn't be shoved into that role yeah and coincidentally enough all those girls who weren't seen perceived as pretty or perceived as like not as attractive whatever were all the other non girly girly non girly girly bops and they were maybe or maybe not the south asian women like the yeah I, one or three other south asian girls i went my ear well no that's so important and like you having a female figure in your life like a mother yeah. figure telling you i mean your mom mm-hmm. um and basically saying like the value that like don't ever give anyone that power mm-hmm. even de- let them define you because what why you know it's so, I mean, I know in school we all need labels almost to like, I don't know, go around, go about our day. We need to, even now, this is off topic, but it's no different now. What is this like, bro, girl, clean girl, oh my God, Lottie's girl? Like, oh my God. It's like we almost, the latest that I was like, Fox pretty, Fox pretty, dear pretty, dear pretty. I was like, girl, funny pretty. When are, when are, when will we free? We're in a chokehold by I this need for him to like just describe ourselves in, mm. in such a binary way. It's, you know? Yeah. But, I want to say, if we're shouting out people who make you, like, have that, like, one-stop judgment. Yeah. I had a friend who is probably not listening to this, and so don't worry. Um, uh, you know, on top of my family as well, obviously, um, because how, I guess, a household navigates raising a child, a first-generation, you know, daughter yeah. in, like, a very different country to their country of origin, that does make a difference. And I really do think, as much as our parents did... Mm-hmm. Um, at school it's such a different landscape it's hard it is so (laughs) the moment where i think um i kind of snapped out of Mm -hmm. this this you know that resentment or that like weird outcasting outcast feeling Mm -hmm. was you know one of my really really good friends best friends um she said something like along the lines of um oh aren't you glad that i'm here or like I'm sharing all this stuff with you because so you can live vicariously through me. And she said this. Stop. I mean, verbatim. I mean, I was 16, so I who am I to say if I remember it so correctly? But oh I still remember that moment so vividly because it really was. You know, people talk about those like life changing moments. It wasn't life changing, but it was one of those moments where I just kind of snapped and I was like, "Hold on a minute, like, yeah, wait just a second. What? What? Because that statement." I think was the cherry on top mm-hmm. of an already um, awful Sunday that she created God. Of, of perpetuating this idea that I needed a Eurocentric mm-hmm. white best friend. I'm not saying that she was like out here promoted. She's just like, there was no club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was this whole Sunday, this whole goopy ice cream mess mm-hmm. of me believing and me slowly being convinced that I would only access certain privileges. The delusion, because it you said I was never going to access that privilege or that that um, validation, mm-hmm. especially not from guys. But this idea that um, 
if I stuck with her, if I was with her, if I was her, not sidekick, but like I was just around her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like that would get me through. And when she said that, I just had this weird feeling where I was like, wait a second, I don't even want that. And two, who are you to say that like, that's why I'm getting it. And I think it's that weird realization that maybe in our like urge to create proximity to whiteness yeah and to the norm yeah let's just call it the norm or the the beauty standard whatever context you take it in our like drive to be associated with that we forget that like we could just um exist in ourselves um and we don't need anyone to guide us there. And obviously, this is like a huge radical thing. It is hard to reject it. It is hard. I don't think I rejected it at 18 or 16, sorry, when this happened. I'm still like, there's still moments where I struggle with it. Yeah. But in that moment, what she said, so I have to thank That's her. Wild that that came out of her mouth. What she said That's was wild. so whack that even little 16 year old me, who really had no self awareness, uh-huh. really no maturity, little cloud, I snapped out of, out of, that trial to me i was like did you ever feel like that your friendships with uh white women when you were younger were just deeply deeply unequal that you kind of just felt like a pet oh my god yes i felt pet, a pet pet is insane because pet is really how oh my god <laughs> i'm like having a no but also i want to tack onto that have you noticed that um the need to also have that it's it, it, subconsciously somewhere it's like you also want to be liked. Yeah. Because, okay, let's not go into the whole colonialism stuff. It's like fun. And our own internalized things. Yes, yes. It's almost like you, you not only want male validation, you want their validation because it's like, oh, I'm cool, pretty, smart, whatever, enough to be friends with you. Yes. Um, Yeah. It was just exhausting. I think friendship, I, I think people shy away from talking about this because mm-hmm. you obviously don't want to polarize like this is not to say it's become like a race issue and no one is the enemy because i i'm so aware that the the, you know the person who i had these experiences with that was not because of her race maybe she's better now maybe you know maybe i hope maybe she you know wishes nothing but the best she's probably a much not nice but she helped me in my journey of realizing that i was like wait a second i'm also out here Mm -hmm. kind of wanting that validation yeah i don't need that i'm super cool fine whatever on my own um and I don't need that guidepost. Yeah, that's what I mean by structural friendships. Why instructional? Like, yeah. why can we just not be equal and both have fun and all of this stuff? And again, I think it's that developmental kind of phase that everything is very complicated. And I think, I, I mean, it's not, again, we don't want it to make it like a race thing and make it very polarized. But inevitably, these kind of things bleed through in our interactions because we are influenced by our homes and our backgrounds and our cultures. They all kind of bleed through. And for me, I didn't realize how big this was. This There was a disconnect here until I made my first South Asian friend, mm-hmm. which actually was in Hong Kong. Yeah. We became friends like the, the tail end that I was living there and then I left. But for me making that friend was a light bulb moment mm-hmm. for years i i mean again my mom she really is like she's just on a different planet yeah she was ready she was ready like her brain she's such a big brain but she'd been telling me for years that lisa you can't be comparing yourself to your white friends you know it's a different thing you can't be comparing your yeah. experiences they they and go through life so much they go through, differently they go through life differently like everything is going to be different you'll know you should you, you'll know when you make brown friends you'll know when you make brown friends and when I had that light bulb moment, when I made my first South Asian friend, 
and she would talk about her experiences the same way that I would talk about it. And I came home and I just felt like, wow, mom was really right. Like, no. <laughs> was right. Oh my God. It's <laughs> right. That it's like night and day. The interactions are so, so different. And it's, again, it's it's one of those things, we, again, we're bringing up race into it a lot, but it's not necessarily race. It's more culture. Yeah. And it's just the little nuances here and there are going to influence how you speak to one another, how you relate to one another. And friendships at the end of the day are about how well you can relate to another person. Yeah. On a deeply human level, on a deeply human level, you can be, you should, and 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 um, you can be friends with everybody, person from all walks of life, yeah, because you share the basic, the same basic set of values, mm-hmm. with, like human decency, kindness, compassion, exactly, and empathy of and understanding is, others' situations, exactly. which have we can, which can happen in any kind of cultural background. It's not specific to like you being from the same one, but there is that kind of instant click that you get with someone from the same background who have that instant click. You're not going to get I, that instinct. You know, that doesn't need to be, that really doesn't need to be even culture or race because we, you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. cute story about us. Like when we started getting close and mm-hmm. becoming friends, uh, we realized that like, obviously we are South Asian, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but a lot of our similarities came from how we grew up yes. moving like moving three, four countries yeah. and kind of the upbringing we had yeah, yeah, yeah. with like moving and things like that exactly so even if like i were to meet someone who's from a completely different cultural background to me but you know they grew up in hong kong that's an immediate click immediate click i can relate to them and that's something we talk about so but when you're younger and you're just in school you're just going to school every single day the only click that you have a lot of the time like we share three classes we share three classes together we like the same guy yeah things like maybe maybe even that is is rough even then i know I think, and even then, if that's the case, then you know you're not even an option. Like, you know you're not even on the list. You're not an option. And I think I want, and and like again, you're so right. Like mm-hmm. to to put a disclaimer, yeah, we're not trying to compare or anything. Yeah, but it's so important to distinguish how friendship is different. Mm-hmm. For this is our personal experiences yeah. with, let's say, you know, uh, women who, um, maybe promote a certain standard or have very different experiences to us compared to women who look like us slash share a lot of the same experiences but there's problems in both exactly and the approach is also different in both Mm -hmm. um and the importance of like maybe unpacking that is holding ourselves accountable yes and understanding what we project out as well Mm -hmm. because like we said one bad experience or like two bad friends mm-hmm. has no relation to anyone as a whole 100 percent, it's I that agree. person yeah. and so when we now um, are growing up and like experiencing all these yeah. things some of these things some of these experiences i think that we've had are of course isolated incidents just to do yeah. with personalities but i think an aspect of it is that kind of cultural dynamic that is going to influence it, it i think it's naive to just be like well it's not about race it's just because you guys are different yeah. people that's naive. Yeah. Like the cultural and the race aspect of it is going to bleed through no matter what you do. Unfortunately, that's the world. You said the whole pet thing. Yeah. I just remembered to add to that pet project. Can we yeah. ask about projects? Oh, okay. your, your friend's project. That's weird. Oh my God. That's a weird dynamic. No, weird. It's so, so weird. And then you have this like incessant need for approval. And last thing that links to project. Yeah. And again, stress on the current time yes that we you know we've gone through this like societal shift and mm-hmm. uh i don't know basic people understand race theory now yeah. then people <laughs> had started to realize that like we live different lives so the things yeah. like that have you noticed or have you ever had a moment where you thought back to and i ask you this because you also went to a really um um what do you call it 
diverse school. Yes. Um, have you noticed that sometimes a lot of the interactions maybe that you were having were microaggressions? 100%. Because I had that realization like last two years. 100%. Where, and it linked to project because I'm like, some of these compliments that I got were not compliments at all. They were backhanded, mm-hmm. weird observations <laughs> that can only be linked to race. Like, I, you know, we don't need a space to vent right yeah, now. But like, yeah. yeah, weird. There were a lot of microaggressions, a lot of them. And I just, looking back, again, I look back at my time in Hong Kong very fondly. I had a great Same with me. I had yeah. a great time. I had great friends. I really, really did. And I, I really do miss Like, there was like te- that decade. That decade, that almost decade that I spent there was a great time in my life. And I look, do look back at it really fondly. But there were incidents that there were there. There were very racially charged but that's very very racially crazy because like we like you would think like oh it has to be like bullying because it's not bullying though in my teenage years i had the most fun i think i've ever had yeah right now i'm not having as much fun (laughs) as i did at 15 16 which is when this stuff was happening yeah so it's so crazy that we only equate kind of like bullying or like intense discrimination yes as to something that is so otherizing it's not and that's but that's it's the, not that's the thing that a lot of the times i think i, I think this film but you're 100 right in that sense and in, especially in media whenever you portray that dynamic between white friends or like just other cultural friends and and brown girls i think a lot of the times they portray it as if like it's straight up racism yeah and they're going to be other than they're completely ostracized like it's not it's that not, it's, not it's like, sometimes very subtle it's very very subtle i had a great time in school i had lots of friends both in hong kong and in bahrain it was never an issue for me but looking back there were these little microaggressions here and there that i just looked back and i'm like but we have the vocabulary and um awareness now yeah. to think back because back then i say all this i'm I'm talking a really big game now yeah but back then i had no clue and, no. I, and even if i had a clue i don't think i had the confidence or support that often comes from people who are like you also supporting you and validating you yeah, yeah, yeah. um to speak back to it or 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 set boundaries because I wouldn't have been setting boundaries at 16 not at all actually no I remember when I was 13 it happened a few times actually in my childhood both in Hong Kong and Bahrain but I remember when I would try and set boundaries or I would ex- or not yeah. boundaries but express a certain level of like I'm uncomfortable with yeah, this discomfort. dynamic because it would happen a lot that like I felt like I was thrown to the side whenever a new person would come into the Oh, that is so real. Yeah, yeah. And whenever that new friend new person was also not a lot of times was not brown. And they were they were usually other, you know, Europeans yeah. that would come in, other expats. I was immediately thrown to the side. And I, I remember expressing that thought, I think, once or twice. And immediately I was deemed the aggressor. And I was like, why are you being so... Or they're like, oh, you're being so intense. You're being... It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah. you don't have to be. It's not It's not anything to do with you. Like, you have to calm down. Like, I was like, I'm very calm. I'm just, I'm allowed to express the fact that I don't appreciate that I've been shoved to the side. Yeah. As if I don't matter in this friendship. And school politics are valid. School politics because, are valid. Because I, I mean, and your mom did such a good job. Mm-hmm. And um, and all parents who, like, validate their children. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's as easy as being like, oh, just focus on school. Like, forget it. Yeah, yeah. Who cares about friends? And, like, that's what school is. That's, just, I mean, that's, that's, I think people really underestimate that. Father, school is not just about grades. It's the social experiences the so- that impact you. The social experiences that you have in school are going to greatly impact you for the rest I of know. your life. And that's what's scary, but also... Scary! I know. But, but speaking of, like, now growing mm-hmm. up and meeting a lot of South Asian yes. women something we wanted to really talk about yes. is this competition culture mm. that exists not only in female friendships like race aside yeah. I think women as a whole we're are forced to compete with each other we're forced and we're taught that because 
maybe not to get too political because there's one seat um you getting that seat over other women mm -hmm. is the only way about it it's the only way that you're going to succeed in the world that one seat for the job that once that one guy that or one one place in the friendship one place yeah. in the friendship there's a, like if there's a group of a group of people like you're the only one that's allowed to fit this one role like yeah it's always that one seat that one seat that one seat and it just and that gets passed down like from you know other women in our life yeah and you can't even blame them like if if you've ever heard from your mom like mm -hmm. you have to be x or yeah this you have to be a certain way mm -hmm. um obviously inherently that's not her maybe ever telling you be better than others but that's how you end up internalizing it and that weird competition comes through mm -hmm. also through our culture of you know constantly being like keeping an eye on what other kids are doing and being like okay am i uh, am i outsmarting her mm -hmm. am i you know younger than her have i achieved enough more than her like yeah it's so weird and it's a weird dynamic and when that comes through through to friendship i think that's that's yeah dangerous I, yeah i think in friendships with other South Asian girls, I think you have that danger sometimes where you have that competition of like, you needed to be that South Asian girl in like either the job or the group or are you the smart South Asian girl? Are you the pretty one? Like you had to fulfill a certain, like they're like a finite number of like labels that they're for. Yeah. For South Asian women. Like we're trying to make more. <laughs> we're trying to make more. But they're at the moment, like, there still seems to be this finite number of labels for South Asian girls. And then you have this sense of competition that between two thousand South Asian girls, they ha they want to fight for that same label, and it it's not even not even the two of them that are fighting for that same label. It's everyone around them. The community is also pushing for this sense of competition. Like, oh, look at so and so's daughter, what she's doing. The so and so's daughter, look at what she's doing. I think it's a harsh reality that maybe some of us don't want to accept either. Yeah, that there's a slight piece of us mm -hmm. inevitably is <laughs> how maybe we've been raised or the things that we absorb that does sometimes feel like there is a need to best our friends no. and if you say that you've never ever had that feeling mm -hmm. you're lying you're a liar because you are a liar i want to see every single one of my friends succeed forget succeed i want them to make it make the highest the, position i want them to be the one percent so i need mooch off yeah, of yeah. them <laughs> i want to be mooch and ceo of the world if that is a position on exactly offer. but it would be such a lie to say that in no stage of your adolescent life and even young adult life, yeah. now that we're out of university, job hunting, mm -hmm. early career stage, there's no part of you that maybe looks at other women and, you know, maybe doesn't feel, a, you don't feel even an ounce of maybe like, oh, that could be me. Yeah. And that's human. That's, that's normal. Human. You're allowed to be jealous. You're allowed to be envious. That's, that's completely normal. It's a matter of how... It manifests in your friendships. Are you going to take that envy and the jealousy and just not be a good friend? Or you're just going to, or you can just address it in your own time. Be like, no, it's okay. I can, they're getting something, achieving something is not a reflection of my own self worth. Yeah. That is the kind of. Exactly. It's like that quote that it's like someone else's beauty or intelligent intelligence mm -hmm. doesn't take away a lack of your own. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you're both beautiful you're yeah. both pretty exactly you're, you're both, both smart you're both pretty you're both smart i think it's one of those things that we just however many times we've all heard like look at so-and-so's daughter she's doing this look at so-and-so's daughter she's doing this i think there's a part of us deep deep down that we want to be the one that everyone in the community yeah. talks about Not like that golden child we want to be that golden child that everyone's like look at look at what she's doing we want to be that person people are talking about as awful as it is it deep deep down you do want to be that 
golden child maybe that's like a one eightieth of a fraction in your core that that's what you want sometimes but to add to that it's not even a desire to be a golden child it's a desire to just not be talked about yeah because okay can we talk about this yes because sometimes for me i was like honestly truly from the bottom of my heart i don't need to be the the it girl you know, in the community honestly I, that sounds exhausting i really don't want your parents to yeah. talk about me in with 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 pride or as a motivation i just don't want to be um like talked about in a negative way yes i just don't want to be bitched about you know like please 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 because sometimes you're just trying to escape that scrutiny you'll never <laughs> escape literally you could move to a different country but then it's like oh why why, why did you move, move there exactly yeah. but sometimes it's not about being like a golden child sometimes it's like just don't leave, just don't bring me up it's just leave at the dinner table you know leave me alone don't ask me any questions i know that's what it is though but yeah so there's no blame here yeah. in like who's forced us to feel competitive mm-hmm. yeah or even at the most if you don't want to use the word competitive mm-hmm. um highly aware yeah. of what other women are doing mm-hmm. it is so unfair do we not look at guys and be like i want his job <laughs> i mean maybe we do maybe we do but i don't think it's as the same like level of like wanting his job and then being like we can't both have that job I because guys you can be we've been taught that we can never mm-hmm. and that that spot that's reserved that another just woman has it's held, just that one spot that's our spot yes um so again this is again this is all like that again like where we're talking about the competition between specifically south asian women because already there is competition between women that there is that one seat and then there's even half of a seat for South Asian and add the extra seasoning of like maybe that um cultural mm. and immigrant experience yes. of knowing that like if everything is based on merit the only way you can be successful yeah you have to step on toes you step and you have toes. to jab a few girls oh, to, yeah. to claim that spot and there's nothing wrong with that because that's how it really was and yeah. it still is um so it's it's hard but I think realizing is honestly a bigger first step than anything yeah. else i think so you know you're right because but, but i want to ask you this i mean i talked about it from my own experience what was your did you and if you had one light bulb moment of making friends with a south asian brown woman Ooh, that's such a that's such a did you have did you have that like so I, I i was friends uh-huh. with uh a few south asian so shout out to all <laughs> my south asian best friends from not just recently not from university but from before yeah, yeah, yeah um and i think not to discount like cousins family friends that's true that's because true. those those girls are always there there are those girlies are always there for us yeah yeah but i think maybe a light bulb moment was you know definitely in university be visibly seeing um other south asian uh women mm-hmm. um be interested in the same stuff as me i think i had a little light bulb moment where i'm like i don't have to push so hard to Mm -hmm. be like as in how do i phrase this i'm not leading anything yeah because so for so long maybe if you're the only one and not i'm not saying just the only brown girl maybe you're the only brown girl in your field yeah because i had other brown best friends and friends who were doing STEM and who were doing other things but I was like the only arts one whatever I think because entering a space where there were so many and so many amazing women who are still in my life it was like oh my god like why am I trying to be like that lead mole like digging that (laughs) hole because like and, and and it's not to say that like I'm we're all playing follow the leader and only one woman has to take that burden 
it's like we're all taking turns and seeing other girls enjoy like this is gonna sound so silly but like let's say um enjoy movies or enjoy books enjoy literature enjoy classics enjoy fashion yes because all those things i got to explore Mm -hmm. so much at uni um i was like oh my goodness like i can be that you can be i can be multifaceted i think that's what it is and i think the libel moment i wish it was like a one specific one Mm -hmm. um but it was more just like seeing really really amazing kind people yeah um and it was the first time i'd really i mean other than my own family of course had someone to like really look up to and be like i want to be like that yes because that's so cool that is that's really important as well having that kind of thing i think that's just when your brain also uh expands because you see more of the world you're not a <laughs> child anymore you're like yeah, with that it is with like the different like your mind is just expanding yeah. like you yeah. just had this big brain i feel like that's exactly what it feels like when you have these deep multifaceted friendships with south asian women not to say that you can't have them with any other you yeah. know cultural background but i think that like i was talking before that instant click it's just yeah great it's like your third eye just got opened <laughs> like and it's just it's this idea that like they are breaking not only like not to get serious but like as in they will you will inevitably share and maybe they're they'll share their experiences the bad stuff the yes, good stuff exactly not only can you share that trauma or experience you can also share joy yeah and you like get together and like yeah there, there's a lot of that happiness instant understanding yeah that's what it is what about you did you have like a moment i mean my like i said my light bulb moment was when i had made my first south asian friend and it was just i remember i distinctly remember it was just our discussion about our families and just i can't remember what the exact conversation was but what i remember it was talking about our families and our family dynamics about you know maybe our parents just being more straight yeah yeah and just what we were and weren't allowed to do because we were quite young. So that yeah. was like our lives at that point. Like, what, what can we do yeah, yeah. that our parents won't allow us to do? And it was just one of those things that I was just like, oh, no, my parents won't let me. Oh, I think it was about sleepovers. I think it was. Uh, I was that's not, a hot topic. That's a hot topic. I was not allowed to go on sleepovers as a kid. Sure. I definitely wasn't. And I ne- I always thought it made me look weird with my white friends that they were allowed to go on constant sleepovers. Yeah. But they were only allowed to come over. I wasn't allowed to go with theirs. And then I made my first South Asian friend and she was like, oh no, my mom doesn't let me go and sleep with me. And I was like, oh my God, you get it. You get it. I you know. got it. And then she, I had this like instant feeling of validation. Instant validation. Oh. Because for so long, I just felt weird about it. Like there was something yeah. weird about my family. But that yeah. instant level of validation is just, like I said, it opened my third eye. That's just, so amazing. And it comes through with like even like smaller ways. Like mm-hmm. I remember... Um, with one of my like one of my really good friends like one of my best friends now we were talking about Bollywood for the first time and I was like raving about like Ram Leela yes. and she was like no I love it and I never had that because I even I mean there's no expectation because I'm not the biggest Bollywood fan <laughs> but there's no expectation for brown girls to know about that mm-hmm. but when she did like she liked the movie I liked I was like oh my gosh I can like talk about this with someone um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it is really it, it it's I think we underestimate how important it is. It is really, really important to not only have like a whole diverse group mm-hmm. of friends and you learn from all of them. Yeah. It's specifically maybe someone from your own culture. Yeah. Um not to put all the importance on them. Yeah. Um but But then so now that you, we've gone through this whole like story journey, this journey, literal, literal, geographical journey. journey of our friendships when we were when we were kids with white with white girls and non like non South Asian girls, yeah, to be more specific, non South Asian girls to having friendships with South Asian girls, 
what would you say is something that you're like learning now about your female friendships? Yeah, now that you're in your. I mean, I think it, it's more to do with the age and the time mm-hmm. of our lives that we're at. Yeah, um, which is like I said, like early career, adulthood, literally figuring out like where are we living, what are we eating, what is <laughs> for breakfast the next day, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bare minimum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but all jokes aside, like thinking about how, um sometimes a friendship doesn't demand a hundred percent yeah and sometimes it just cannot be a hundred percent from both of you yes and i think again that school mindset put me in a position to not only give a hundred percent to my friends mm-hmm. uh, but also expect and by hundred percent i'm not trying to be like i am the best friend yes. that ever exists but like 100 what 100 percent looks like for me yeah so like your love language yes and then you kind of expect the same in return yeah but, you know, because everyone's living these fully realized lives. <laughs> I know, such a we're not, crazy we're thought. We're cool anymore. Everybody's got yeah. their own stuff going on. Such a crazy life. thought to think that yeah. people have their own lives away from us. Yeah. Um, we're not no. the main characters in their lives. I know. You realize that, like, sometimes a friendship is just you giving 60, them giving 40. Or yeah. sometimes, forget the... Sometimes it doesn't equal, even need to equal 100. Yeah. Because there are certain friendships which you were telling me. Mm-hmm. That you feel like um, you give 50 and they give 50, mm-hmm. but then you give 30 and they give 30 as well. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that 60%. There is nothing, nothing wrong with that. Friendship is still friendship. At the core, if you have those same like values I... choice to be there, I think that's... Okay, I'm on this like long ramble, mm. but that, yeah. my final thing is choice. Choice. Like you're yeah. choosing that friend. And I think that's that's meant a lot more to me than like grand gestures yeah. or presents or i mean i was never defining friendship yeah yeah from present. present but like miss girl are you that materialistic yeah, yeah. but these <laughs> bigger these like l- bigger things that maybe we were used to that's mm-hmm. not what defines it's just choosing that person whether that's a message mm-hmm. a facetime even like um just telling them, oh, I thought of you, and uh, or like sending a meme. Yeah, it's choosing that person. It's just that simple. In your to whatever yeah. capacity you can manage. Yes, uh, I would agree. I think that's what friendship looks like right mm-hmm. now for me. That active choice to want to share something with that person. That's really cute. I love that. Oh, that's really. Cute. What about you? What does friendship mean right now for you? Hmm. I think I think I had, I had mentioned a little bit earlier, but I think for me at this age. It's come to the realization that friendship does not mean you have to be best friends with everybody you meet. I think when you're younger, when you're in school, you end up in this very intense position that like everyone's your bestie. You're yeah. you're you're BFFs for life. It's like a hundred uh-huh. or nothing. A hundred percent or nothing, or you're the worst person in the world. That that's what it's like. Two best friends. And then there is no like it's not a scale. It's just a binary. Just yeah. any, you're you're either your enemy or your best friends. So I think now I'm coming to the realization that outside of school, you have your four lifers your right or dies and you know that you can count on them no matter what is going on in the world come hell come fire whatever it is they are there for you and then you have your good friends but they're just not your your besties and then you have you know your friends and then you just have your acquaintances and it, and it's okay to have these different tiers of friendship and in the in those different tiers of friendship you need to be okay in expecting less and less and less yeah. and you can't be giving so much and then expecting all of that in return you can't be giving bestie level 
kind of friendship yeah. to your acquaintance. That doesn't make any sense. Because I think it's unfair on them as well because maybe they don't like you like that. Exactly. Like, just keep it real. Not everyone likes you like a best friend. Exactly. It overwhelms them and overwhelms you and it just becomes a very unbalanced dynamic. So we're learning how to be less intense. Yeah. Is the, the conclusion. Is the conclusion. Because I, 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 I like to meet new people. I like to make new friends. Yeah. But I think it's, again, it's one of those things you have to realize. Not everyone is going to be your best friend. It's okay to just have just a little bit of friendship here yeah. just a little acquaintance there and it's okay yeah and friends are also not meant for a purpose sometimes because i think there's a tendency mm-hmm. to assign a purpose to friendships yeah i don't know maybe uh, if you've gone through that but i've noticed this from how my how certain people i know have talked about friendships that there always needs to be a person like a purpose yeah it's like oh you know she's my uni friend like it's easy to assign that purpose yeah. when you're younger yeah um like this is my soccer friend this is my uni friend um Things like that. But sometimes friendship is is as simple. I know this is such a crazy thought. But it's, it's, it's as simple as just enjoying conversation with that person yeah. once in a while. Yeah. Or um, you both have an interest in like art. So yeah. you go once in a while to it. So like I don't think it always has to be purposeful mm-hmm. but what is purposeful is you wanting to be with them 100 percent. um they don't they don't have to be your therapist they yeah. don't have to be <laughs> clearly they don't have to be your guide or they don't yeah. have to be your mentor yeah sometimes you can just exist with each other just in- as another human being and enjoy the same activity and you go go your yeah. surprise yeah. so i think it it puts less pressure on both parties yes um to just um enjoy the time you have mm-hmm. but who knows if you ask me this in like two months i'll probably change my answer because <laughs> every day you find out more and i think life changes so much at that's, this area that's true that's true um but that's where we're at right now that's yeah. where we're, what we're thinking right now yeah but just to finish off yeah a reminder that female friendships and and friendships with the dearest people you hold in your life not just women it is like the greatest most important we were saying this earlier we trust our friends more than significant other oh yeah or i don't know i think one else i think that my i've i heard someone else say this i think on tiktok and i think it's 100 percent applies to me i think my female friendships are going to ruin any kind of future relationship <laughs> i might have whenever i get married because they're so deep and so emotional and i can the way i trust my female friends is completely different than i can't can't even imagine yeah i think that like like mutual that. mutual admiration mutual re- respect mm. and just mutual love and yeah just a reminder that 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 is yeah, hold them dear. Hold them near and dear to you. And this is a shout out to our besties. Our besties, to our writers. They better be listening. lifers. They better be listening to this. Honestly. Get this far. I, Here's a shout out. If they're not, they haven't gotten this far, then you know that they're, they're not your know. It's like, I'm, we have a code word. Like, pickle. Okay, people in my life. If you're people in our lives, text me the word pickle. Because that's how I know. I'm kidding. No, no, no. I mean, if if they get this far, I know I will get a test. Be like, wow, I can't believe you you, you called me out like that. Yeah, you talk so much. You talk, stop talking. I know. <laughs> but with that, we just want to say that if you want to meet more people, yes, like-minded people, and a really really cool group of people, self promo plug, self promo plug. For they see is a space for that. I mean. I don't know. Our I mean, socials. Our, our socials have all of our next events coming up. Uh, I think this is going to come out after the New York one that's happening. Yeah. But, but I'm hoping it's it's such a big community. And yeah. even if it's not in-person events, um, just joining like the Slack channel. Exactly. Or just commenting and starting conversations. Like I've met so many cool people, not just you, <laughs> so many amazing people through Pradesi. And I guess 
for you listening, um, like, you know, checking our socials is the place to start. It's definitely the place to start. So just in case you guys didn't know before, on Instagram, we are pradesi.community. We should be, by the time this comes out, we should be pradesi.community. Uh, email for Keith K and I if you have any ideas for the podcast that you'd like us to discuss is podcast.pradesi at gmail.com. Our Twitter, Pradesi blog, uh, and our website is www.pradesi.community just in general and then forward slash the line between for just yes. Keith K and I if you really want to get into our bio well, if you're lurking in there. <laughs> if you're really trying to stalk us. you're a super fan. Exactly. And our best friend. Exactly. Have a wonderful, wonderful Have a wonderful, beautiful rest of your week, rest of your day. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.